Uh, well, it was wild, like, you know. I don't know how many thousand people were, <laughs> were here. I'd say every one of them thought it was wild except the umpire. But anyway, sure, look, that's what happens when you, you know, when you weigh grounds, you don't tend to get breaks. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. It is the first Six Nations show of the season. We're less than 48 hours away from Ireland's opening game against Wales under what will be the closed roof at the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff. To look ahead to the opening weekend of the Championship, I'm delighted to be joined by the former Munster player Billy Holland. How are you keeping, Billy? I'm very good, Nathan. Thanks for having me. And Grand Slam winner, decade ago, Grace Davitt is with us as well. How are you keeping, Grace? Oh, good, Nathan. I'm like a kid uh, Christmas Eve before... Christmas Eve Eve, as we are right now. Uh, There's a lot to talk about. Team names have been happening uh, throughout the last few hours. Ireland have been over in Portugal all week undergoing a training camp. So that's where Andy Farrell named his team. And no doubt about the big story, no Tyg Furlong for Ireland. He's been struggling with a calf injury, though he was seen training and it felt training fully this week. But he hasn't played for Leinster since the beginning of December. And that calf injury has ruled him out of the game in Cardiff. Uh, Coming in is Finlay Bealham for what will be his fifth international start. And they're hopeful that Furlong will be back for the game against France next weekend. The team in full then, Andrew Porter, Dan Sheehan and Finlay Bealham in the front row. Ty Byrne alongside James Rowe in the, uh, James Ryan in the second row. And then it's Peter O'Mahony, Josh van der Fleer and Quaylen Doris in the back row. Jameson Gibson Park partners, the captain, Jonathan Sexton. Uh, then it's Stuart McCluskey and Gary Ringrose in the centre. James Lowe and Mac Hansen are the wingers and Hugo Keenan at full back. The replacements, Rob Herring, Keen Healy, Tom O'Toole, Ian Henderson, Jack Cole, Connor Murray, Ross Byrne and Bundy Aki. Uh, Johnny, no doubt about the big story there then. Uh, Tyke Furlong, everyone was hoping that he would just about make it. Uh, it hasn't quite happened. And while Finlay Bealham has been there and you know is up in 28 caps now and has plenty of experience, very little of it is from starting the game. And there have been struggles for Leinster over the last few weeks in the scrum as well with Furlong not there. How big an issue is this for Ireland heading to Cardiff on Saturday it's uh, it's maybe good timing in a World Cup year to get Finlay his uh, his first start in a Six Nations in Six Nations game it's going to be a real test for him you know I suppose you, you, you go back two years and you would have had Andrew Porter who would have been filling in at um, filling in tight head um, so it is you know tight head is you've got probably the best tight end in the world as your starter. And it's always going to be difficult to match that behind him. But, you know, I think Finlay has been going well for Connacht. He's been, you know, he's come up trumps every game. He's played for Ireland. Ireland have brought him off the bench with, you know, 10, 20 minutes to go. And he has made an impact, you know. So going over somewhere like to somewhere like Cardiff this weekend under the pressure that Wales are under, it's going to be a totally different test for Finlay. And, you know, I think from Ireland's point of view, that strength and depth in the tight head position going into the World Cup and indeed the Six Nations is without a doubt a concern. So no better way to figure out where they're at by uh, by throwing them in there and see how, seeing how it goes. 
the last time that Tyke Furlong missed games was two years ago in the Six Nations and he missed the first two matches Grace against Wales and France and Ireland were beaten in both of them he came back for the final three and Ireland won all of them uh, aside from Johnny Sexton the feeling is he's the one irreplaceable player Josh van der Feer maybe world player of the year but the depth is there in the back row if he was to end up missing out much like Sexton when he's not there for Finlay Bealham all eyes will be on his performance but is it actually on those around him now to step up in that pack and protect Bealham in a way so that he can actually just slide through this game almost unnoticed yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, there's such strength uh, around that team. And, you know, you look at the likes of Ryan in behind him. You know, you have O'Mahony. Like, if he has a bit of a bad spell, you know, they're going to, like, bring their leadership, really support him, you know, drive his confidence. As we said, his confidence has been high. We kind of player the match, you know, in the last game, getting a hat-trick, which doesn't happen mm-hmm. much very often. So, for him to get that... And to have such a, a strong team around him, Van der Fleer, you know, it's it's just going to be so good for him to play. And and like this, like Sexton, we can't just be relying on him. It's going to be a long season. We have a World Cup. So, like, Bielham is going to have to get that game under his belt. He's going to have to keep getting those match experience. And no better one than, you know, the experience of this Welsh pack who are really strong, really experienced. They'll know all the tricks of the trade. So, um, I definitely think as a pack and with him in there they will hold him together and give him the strength to drive on he does have in his back pocket as well a brilliant performance in that second half against South Africa he has any amount of experience through the years with Connacht the, the fact that he's starting Billy is, is it more just actually a mental thing for Finlay Bealham that it's a, a very different preparation knowing 48 hours out that you're starting this game rather than maybe getting a sense of what the scrum is like while you're sitting on the sidelines yeah it's a good point I, I think from Finlay's point of view he, he doesn't he, he doesn't need to be tied for long he doesn't need to do anything differently from what he does with Connacht week in week out or what he's done with Ireland when he's come off the bench and particularly that 40 minutes that you alluded to against South Africa he needs to be very uh, very good from a set piece point of view and get his basics right his defence his breakdown his carries he doesn't need to be uh, Ty Furlong, you know, handing off four or five fellas barging up the pitch. So as long as his mentality is to get out there, do what he does well and not try and reinvent the wheel, I think he'll be fine. As Grace said, there's plenty of experience in that pack. It's up to the other seven fellas to maybe step up and take up some of uh, Ty Furlong, Furlong's workload. Um, but, you know, they're different players. So as long as he doesn't try and recreate the wheel, I think Finley is going to have a good good out and he's experienced enough for, as well Finley's been around the block a long time to to know that you know starting or, or or subbing they are it is a different mindset you can learn a lot from the bench particularly from something like the scrum you can see what the opposition are doing a lot um, but in this day and age you know from an analysis point of view both teams know what each opposition team is going to bring Wales have had their team named for about a week at this stage so mm. It's going to be no surprises, so I wouldn't have any concerns about Finlay. That idea that the teams know each other so well and the fact that Warren Gatland is in... uh, Gordon Darcy was on Monday Night Rugby and he was talking about potential championship winners and, you know, Ireland for a Grand Slam. And maybe it would be a good thing for Ireland if they didn't win the Grand Slam, if they were actually beaten, that if we figured out how teams can beat Ireland, Ireland can then prepare heading into the World Cup knowing maybe what their weakness is. Like, if you were sitting in an opposition camp this week, Grace, and you're looking at Ireland, 
where is the weakness? Where do you attack this Ireland team? It's a really difficult one because they're not number one in the world for nothing. But I think that the key to them is, you know, looking at their strengths and how fast they get the ball out and how much they can move that ball around. And I think key, what Wales are even trying to do tomorrow is is trying to slow that ball, try and cut out that gain line, you know, come up off the line, close them down early. You know, we've seen how they, they dealt with uh, South Africa and, you know, that physicality and really got over the gain line. So I think any of the teams are just going to have to try and cut them down early, stop that quick momentum and that movement of the ball. You know, their set piece is pretty set. You know, their line out's really good. They've great movement off that. You know, their back three are really solid. You know, really good experience there. They're great under the high ball. They've got really good kickers, obviously Lowe's back in, who can clear his lines. But I think the key is just going to be in that breakdown. And and if teams can disrupt that and disrupt the quick ball, I think that's where the momentum of a game can change. What about you, Billy, if you were assessing where either Ireland can be got at or where Ireland can improve? Is like Ireland, you know, know that their performances of the last two years probably won't win them a World Cup if they're trying to get to another level again. Where are the areas do you think Farrell would have been working on over the last few weeks? I think if you go back um, four years when Ireland were in a great position um, before the last Six Nations and before the World Cup, what teams figured out then is that if you stopped Ireland, Ireland's set piece or their first three phase plays, um, their first three breakdowns, you got after Ireland the first breakdown, Ireland had nothing else. They had no other way of attacking. Whereas now Ireland are excellent from kick receipt. They're excellent from general attack phase. They've got great continuity to their game. So it's not, they're not over-reliant on one area of the game. Like you look back to the France game in Paris last year, which was the last time Ireland were physically dominated, where you had a, a really, really big, big French team who who were too physical for Ireland on the day. That's where Ireland uh will struggle. It's the only place I think that Ireland would ever struggle. So, you know, some of it is just due to the due to genetics of Irish, the makeup of Irish people. You're not going to be as big as some South African teams or French teams or, you know, possibly even the English. But Ireland's But that won't be Wales on Saturday. Wales on Wales are closer to Ireland from a genetics point mm. of view. Um so if Ireland are in the right frame of mind for this game on Saturday they won't be found wanting from a physicality point of view and therefore I don't see any way of Ireland losing a game against Wales um, given in the the certain circumstances you ask me how can Ireland improve there's no area I think what Ireland have done really well over the last 12 months is having incremental improvements week in week out and you you listen to what Andy Farrell says after games and it's he doesn't focus on the opposition doesn't focus on the uncontrollables he just focuses focuses on his own team them getting better week after week after week building confidence building momentum you know and I thought it was a very good um documentary the one from over New Zealand and their mentality after the second test where you know previous teams would have just rested on their laurels they they saw an opportunity to make history and you know, they celebrated and then got back on the horse and, you know, improved again the following week. So this Six Nations, for, for me, is about Ireland getting incremental improvements and making sure they're, you know, I suppose, in the right mindset where they don't get physically beaten up on the day, which you can control by being in the right frame of mind. 
looking at the rest of the 15 grace uh, there's such stability now around the squad not expecting any major shocks one of the big decisions was probably in the centre alongside Gary Ringrose with Robbie Henshaw injured now it's not surprising that he's stuck with McCluskey considering how McCluskey paid during November uh, and despite the fact Ulster struggled he's managed to uh, maintain his own personal form and Bundy Aki hasn't been playing any rugby but Aki has done it every time he's been called upon for Ireland is, is this a, a slight changing of the guard in terms of that third choice centre? I think for McCluskey to start at 12 is pretty good you know he do, he's not as versatile as Bundy he isn't like Ulster haven't been on form. They haven't had great games. The last couple they probably, you know, picked it up a bit, which was good. But McCluskey had during them autumn internationals, he he played really well. Obviously he got that shoulder injury and had to go off. But like he had some big physical hits. He had some really good carries and he's a real good playmaker. And and like that, you know, what a place to be dropped in. You've Sexton inside you and you've Ringrose who's just coming into amazing form outside you. So, you know, if you look at the longer game and you look preparing for a World Cup, you know, it, it is good that McCluskey's in there. And I, I think he's earned that, like, you know, from those autumn internationals. Yes, we've seen Bundy come on and score a try in, in those when he wasn't starting. But there's obviously something going on at Connacht. You know, he, he hasn't, he had that ban for the high tackle or the red card. And then, you know, he hasn't been playing for Connacht. So on on form and on the amount of rugby being played, you kind of say, yeah, good on McCluskey. And then you look at Osborne and, you know, he came on that URC and he, people were kind of ruling him out because he was so small and he had huge hits in. So it'd be good to see him being blooded, not in the first game. I think McCluskey's there. He has that tiny bit of experience. So why not give him a go? And then Bundy's on the bench, you know, if it, if it's, if it isn't going well or, or he is struggling, you know, Bundy can come on and make that huge impact and, and he can change the momentum of a game, especially from the bench. It does show the depth when you look at the players that aren't even in the 23 now, Billy, and, and maybe that's a bigger decision for Andy Farrell as he goes through this as to who are the replacements as much as the 15. Even along that back line, you look at Jamie Osborne, Jimmy O'Brien, Jacob Stockdale, Jordan Larmer, Keith Earls, none of them making the match day 23 in the back row as well, like Ryan Bird, who we've been all raving about for weeks doesn't even make the match day 23. Uh, when you look at the balance of particularly uh, Jack Conan getting in there uh, among the replacements and the fact that there is no place for Ryan Bird that is Conan and Henderson, what do you think is the thinking behind that from Farrell's point of view that they're the two he's gone with? Two lions, so it's not it's, it's not the wildest selection of all time. <laughs> it's a, it's it's what every coach wants. These sort of selection headaches, and they are selection headaches. So it's a it's a good it's a good problem for Andy Farrell to have. Um, you can't get away from the fact that Ireland haven't won in Wales in ten years. You know this is this game will require experience. There's games where you can blood some of these fellas. Um, Wales away in a tournament that requires momentum from the get-go, uh, you know, with all the carnage that's been happening over in Wales, uh, Gatlin back in, um, it's just, it's a game that does require a bit of experience. I don't think it would have been the right game to blood someone like Osborne, who I'd love to see get capped. Um, you could say the same with Bird and a few other fellas. It's it's a game that requires, plus these guys you're talking about, like Jack Conan and Henderson, they're you know they're they're still they're playing well these fellas um so 
they're the incumbent players and there is a bit of loyalty that's required at international level where you got to kind of continue on from where you left off in the autumn internationals as much as possible. But first game up, haven't haven't won in Wales in 10 years, it is important to start right. Um, whereas if you, if you got off to an iffy start, you could be under a bit of pressure and all of a sudden your momentum goes out the window and you you know you're in, you're in a difficult position. So I think it, they're all the right calls from an experience point of view. Um, you know, you could say Craig Casey's been ahead of Conor Murray in Munster rugby, but like Conor has done absolutely nothing wrong for Ireland and Munster. He is the type of guy who's going to come on and close out a game or win you a game with with 10, 20 minutes to get to go. And his experience will be invaluable over summer uh, over in Blenheim Stadium. Yeah, hundred and first capital be for Connor Murray yeah. at the weekend. Uh, like Billy, when we talk about Wales on paper, it's very hard to make a case for them beating Ireland. But history suggests, as you say, ten years since we've won in Cardiff, and the Warren Gatlin factor that just puts the fear of God into us. Uh, they've made a late change, so Lee Halfpenny's been taken out of the team uh, through injury. He's going to be replaced at full back by Liam Williams. Uh, there's a lot of the old heads still in that starting fifteen. And some of the younger talents like Louis Samet are missing through injury as well. Like the only one one game last year. Is it just the Gatlin factor that makes you feel this isn't a comfortable win for Ireland? Um, it's very hard to tell. I think any team that has Alan Wynne Jones and Dan Bigger and Lee, um, not Lee Halfpenny, but um, uh, Liam Williams at full back is going to be difficult to beat. You know, there's been off the pitch, there's been so much trouble and. I think not from a player's point of view, from a, from a back office point of view, but I think that sometimes galvanizes a squad like that, and it's a case of you all come to get together and you create a, a culture where you're going to be very resilient and you're going to make yourself very hard to beat and you're going to bring back a bit of pride. And um, the funny thing is, from any Irish player who's ever been coached by Gatland, you know he's not a technical coach. Um, he isn't a lot of them struggle to see how he gets the kudos that he gets and he gets such success out of what he gets out of in Wales. Um so he clearly has some sort of he gets of about a, winning all of the time. Yeah, but how, you know, he's a head coach who isn't like a Joe Schmidt or a an Andy Farrell from a technical point of view, yet he seems to get the best out of these players and it's probably by empowering these players. He has there's a lot of you know, experienced, talented players within that Welsh squad that he probably empowers, and they, there's a great sense of probably, uh, you know, respect and responsibility, kind of two way street between them. And you know, he's always going to, you know, go back to his experienced boys because they're going to they're going to perform from. It's going to be no difference this weekend. I just think Ireland are too good for that. I think Ireland are are, are a step too far, but. You, you don't have Warren Gatlin then there at the weekend and you could be talking about Ireland having a, a walk in the park but definitely not the case at the moment Yeah it does feel Grace that we sort of know what Ireland are going to come with at this stage there's a level of consistency that they're bringing to matches it is just that Gatland because as Billy's saying it's not a technical thing it's not going to be a complete tactical overhaul he's going to say the right things to all of these players during the week so that when they go out onto the pitch on Saturday they do truly believe that they can achieve something and it's probably then on Ireland just to be mentally ready for that first 15, 20 minutes and show Wales that, well, talent-wise, they're still a bit behind. Yeah, it's 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 a lift, isn't it? It's it's you're you've been struggling. You've lost all games bar one in the Six Nations after 
winning a Six Nations. So you've fallen off a cliff. You have a, a series like that last game in the Six Nations, they were winning against Italy. Italy beat them in Principality Stadium. They will not want to be going back there and losing the next match in the Six Nations. You know, they've all, all the series, they did really poorly in the last couple of games. Their last win was against Argentina. So they'll be really, really hurting. And I think just even Gatlin coming in, it's someone familiar. As uh, Billy says there, it might be that he's he's not going to be able to bring in any structures and uh, support so quickly. But it's the fact that it's a little bit of hope. It's going, we've been really struggling. We've been losing a lot of games. And it's just that hope and it'll give you that drive and positivity to go, actually, we can do this. And I have a feeling that they'll come out all guns blazing, you know, have all those experienced players, you know, a couple of inexperienced, but not much. But I think Ireland will wear them down. I think the speed of Ireland, I think the strength of Ireland and the depth, like there's five lions on the Irish bench. Like that's unbelievable to come in off the bench and make it make a difference. So I think... I think it will be short-lived. I think they'll have that bit of positivity and I'm hoping pretty quickly Ireland, you know, knock it out of them and and, uh, create their own momentum because as you say, Ireland have been consistent. They've been consistent even through the Autumn Internationals when they have blooded new players and, and, you know, got the likes of Crowley on and McCluskey. So, with this solid team, I think it's just going to build that foundation and, you know, he's going to want, you know, Farrell's going to want that consistency coming into France and and a home game against France is your best opportunity to beat them. So he's going to want to make sure that they have a good performance against Wales. How are you calling it, Grace? Oh, Ireland all day. By, are we talking by a score or by several? (sighs) I I really do think they can wear them down. You know, Halfpenny was there at 15, but, you know, uh, Liam Williams is a real threat, but I think just the kicking ability of Halfpenny gone... I think Ireland can really put them under pressure. Um, I'd say I'm hoping 10 points. I'm hoping like two tries difference. Billy? I think Ireland will win by... I think Ireland will win by double digits. I'd say, I think they'll win by in around 10, 12 points. I, I, think I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think you'll see Wales scoring a few tries. Hopefully it'll be an entertaining game. But I think... Uh, yeah, I think Ireland will pull away at the end. Um, there's too many issues in Welsh rugby at the moment, and Ireland are too much form. I think they'll uh, when ultimately when it comes to I think Ireland's bench is too good as well, but they'll they'll kick on at the end and win by I'll say twelve. <laughs> All right, very specific, exactly what we wanted. Uh, so two fifteen start on Saturday for Wales against Ireland with a full coverage on Saturday's show. Uh, Ashling O'Reilly and Gordon Darcy are going to be at the Millennium Stadium for us. You are watching the Six Nations show with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. The second game on Saturday is England against Scotland at Twickenham at four forty-five. Uh, Steve Borthwick, first game in charge as head coach of England. Uh, winger Ollie has. Russell Collins is going to make his England debut in that game. No place for Manu Tuilagi in the match day 23. Joe Marchand starts at outside centre. Owen Farrell at 12. Marcus Smith 
at fly half. Uh, Grace, like this is one of the peculiarities of this year's Six Nations that, you know, we're in a World Cup year, but we're starting out with new coaching tickets who are only getting a few days, barely even weeks, to try and work on something new. And a lot of the talk around England was, you know, could Farrell potentially revert back to number 10? He's sticking with Marcus Smith. We saw that Vinnie Polo was dropped from the squad to a lag. He's not in the 23 now. Little signs of a, a quick fire change in England. Yeah, and it's it's just not knowing what to expect. You know, they haven't they it's all the same players, but they just they have all on paper that they should be a really good team and then, you know, they just haven't fired last year. So it, it's gonna be interesting. It's the same sort of thing, positivity change. We don't know how Jones was getting on in there, but you know, it, are they gonna come out and surprise us all? And I, I think Marcus Smith is good at ten and, and Farrell and having those two playmakers on the pitch is you know, a good way of moving the ball around, but it's it's going to be interesting. Nobody knows what it's going to be like. Billy, is this a move away from just a pure power game of the Eddie Jones era? The fact that Tuilagi, who come hell or high water, always seemed to be in that starting team regardless of his form. Yeah, it probably is. Look, it hasn't worked for England, the power game. I don't think they've got the the, the personnel, the players to play the power game. And, you know, look, Marcus Smith is is a really exciting out half. You've got him on Farrell at 12. Uh, I like the look of the team. You know, uh, Borthwick would be well-renowned to be one of the best coaches around in the Northern Hemisphere. So it's a it's a it's it's going to be a huge challenge uh, for them to uh, to kick on. But it's, it's, you know, starting against Scotland, it's going to be a really exciting game. Um, you know, I think England-Scotland games are always uh, very... Uh, very physical, entertaining game. So uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, no, uh, Ben Healy in the Scotland squad. He's obviously just joined up with them. So they're holding fire uh, a little bit with the Munster man. So Finn Russell, uh, that love-hate relationship he seems to have with, well, pretty much everybody. Uh, it's a loving relationship right now with the Scottish coaching team. Uh, he's going to start at number 10. Scotland, because of everything that's going on with Wales and England, have sort of flown under the radar a little bit. And there have been flashes, and there's always flashes of progress. And then setbacks again, Billy. Where do you feel they are a couple of days out from the Six Nations? I just personally feel that Scotland are, every year, every tournament, they show flashes of brilliance and just flashes of really soft underbelly. Um I don't I think they're a mentally weak team um because they can never they never seem to back it up. Um I personally would never have a fear of Scotland. Yes, on their day they can probably beat anyone in the world, but they'll never do it two weeks in a row. Um whatever it is about them, I don't know. Maybe it's just that group of players and maybe it's a little bit harsh. So I think on their day, yeah, they can do something, but they just don't back it up in any tournament in the last However many years, uh, Six Nations, Autumn Internationals, uh, World Cup, they just don't back up good performances. I don't know what it is from a performance point of view. They seem to really um, not have that mental strength to kick on. It's certainly not talent. It's not skill. It's not physicality. Um, Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. You could call it mental weakness. But uh, yeah. Like that, it's hard to disagree with that, Grace, because like it wouldn't shock anybody if Scotland went and won at the weekend, and then the following week when they went back to Murrayfield to play Wales, ended up losing that one. I guess we're looking at it very much from green eyes and a World Cup, and worrying that they'll have one of those on days when we come up against them. It's it's so hard to read anything into their performances week in week out as to what it means when it comes to a World Cup match. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and it, you know, a lot lies on Finn Russell as well and, you know, his consistency on how he's playing and whether he's in good form or whether he's, you know, off the edge of your seat sort of rugby where he's grubbering through or kicking the ball away. But it's it, it's really difficult to tell and, and it's they seem to get themselves up for some matches and then, as Billy was saying, it's, it's just the consistency. It's like if they could hold that mental game and they go, yeah, we've got that one. And as we were saying about Farrell with Ireland, they're like, yeah, we we beat New Zealand. Let's tweak little things. Let's get the 1% in the ruck. Let's get the tackle, get up on the ground quicker. Let's get, you know, the line out a little bit sharper and, and keep building that continuous improvement. Whereas I think Scotland, because they get it so seldom that they build themselves up for it, they get it. And then they're just so busy celebrating and, 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 you know, enjoying that moment that they're not going, yeah, that's good. Let's be better. You know, it's it's kind of like they sit back and enjoy the win too much. Gregor Townsend has been love bombing Finn Russell this week. Like that is the ultimate love-hate relationship. He was dropped at the start of the Autumn Internationals. Billy comes back in and is brilliant against Argentina. When you, when you watch Scotland and getting the best out of Finn Russell, which seems to be when Scotland at their best, is that... Is that the rest of the team giving him the platform? Is that the pack performing, giving him the platform and that allows him to be his best self? Or actually, is he such a sort of totemic figure within that squad that he needs to be on it for everybody else to be able to play to their best? I, I think when Finn Russell has go forward ball, um, which the pack and your centres will deliver, he's very difficult to stop. So yes, he's a mercurial talent who's excellent some weeks, but not every week. So when he when his team are dominant it's chicken and egg scenario which comes first i think finn russell isn't the type of player i think who's going to get the rest of the team out of a hole you know quality quality players like like johnny sexton and ron mcgara or you know um uh owen farrell they get their teams out of holes when they're not at their very best when the rest of the team aren't at their very best finn russell doesn't have that Finn Russell, I think, when he, when his team are are dominant or have like parity, I think he's he comes into his own then, and he's just one of the best in the world. But if they don't, he's he doesn't have that. He doesn't seem to um, change the momentum uh, too frequently when his team are under pressure. Uh, Sunday then it is Italy against France. France had an unbelievable. 2022 go through the entire season unbeaten have a few injury problems but uh grace italy are a bit of a mess at the moment wooden spoon last year their coach questioning the uh, club setup that just lots of their players aren't getting game time even at club level right now they have injury problems themselves most notably paolo garbisi a huge blood he's going to miss the first couple of matches uh this is the ideal way for france to ease themselves into the competition or can you make any case for italy no, not really. You know, they're living off the back of that win against Wales, which was the last grasp at the end of the Six Nations. Uh, I just can't see. France are just too powerful up front, too strong. You know, yeah, they have the depth. Fair enough, the clubs aren't getting the, the, the game time and the players aren't getting the game time, but they have such depth over so many years. You look at Italy, they're just in their infancy. You know, they're. I just don't see it. It's it's uh, Samson and Goliath, isn't it? It's just they're too big a fish, especially for your first match. You'd say, right, fair enough. It, it's 
it's catch 22 Italy gets um someone like Scotland the first match you know they're all fresh you know it is a good opportunity against France when they're all fresh because we see how quickly you know they lose players or the fact that they've already lost Garvisi is is huge um because it's when it gets later in the Six Nations and they lose more players, then they find more difficulties. So, um, but I think France is just too strong a start for them. Yeah, Billy, um, Italy had that famous, famous victory and every victory they seem to have at the moment, it's going to be a, a famous one. Uh, the changing coach, like Kieran Crowley's been talking about, you know, Netflix cameras are in and we want to show that rugby is an exciting game. It's become quite boring to watch in general. And I want this Italian side to show all that's good about rugby, to have that bit of flair. It's an easy thing to say. It's a very difficult thing to do when you're starting a game against France. Yeah, it's, look, uh, here's hoping that they get out and they throw the ball around and they try and use some of their individual um, players who've got great speed and strength and, you know, it'll make for 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 good, for good television. But I think they just don't have the... When when a team, when in my opinion, when, when a country's going well, it's because their clubs are going well. You look at Ireland over the last couple of years, um, the provinces are always going well. France always have that strength and depth, and now they've got a good, you know, structure uh, at a national level. Italy, you know, Zebra just plugged to the bottom of the URC, and yeah, Treviso will have their their they're different and they're better, but there just isn't the right structures for them on a weekly basis to you know produce players who have a consistent ability to perform, even from a set piece point of view. You know, they'll have a scrum that'll go well in one scrum and not in another. And it must be so frustrating to coach. So, yeah, their best chance against someone like France is just to throw the ball around and really put, throw caution into the wind and hope that France kind of let their guard down a little bit and they get away from the type of game they're trying to play. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's a challenge. You know, I, I feel sorry for a lot of the people who end up in managerial positions in Italy. I think until they get enough support, um, uh, and structures in place, they're they're gonna they're gonna really struggle. But you know, here as I said, here's hoping for an entertaining game on Sunday. But I'm not gonna be holding my breath. Overall, then, as we prepare to start the tournament, Billy, where do you see Ireland finishing? What's a good tournament? Um, Grand Slam. I think Ireland have to be aiming for a Grand Slam. Um, you know, it's the I would call it the favourable. Uh, favourable year where you've got uh, France and England at home and you've got Scotland, Italy and Wales away. There's no reason Ireland as number one ranked team in the world and a team going into a World Cup where they do have ambitions to win it and they, you know, they, they absolutely do. I think momentum is really important. I think confidence, momentum, all these things and for them to win a Grand Slam they will have to improve on what they did in New Zealand which was exceptional and, and historic. But I think that anything other than Ireland and it's look, this is incredible, isn't it, to be talking about it on the on Billy, the Billy, you can have you know what you know what it's like. You can have too much momentum. You can have too much confidence if we were to win the Grand Slam. No, I think I think this is I think this Irish team under Andy Farrell is a different beast. I think it's it's totally different to four years ago. Whereas, you know, you lose at home to France or England or you get scuppered away from home or scuttled away from home by by one of the other lesser teams and you know it'll it'll create little doubts it'll also create you know Ireland, Ireland go over and play Scotland 
Um, if they beat Scotland, that is that's another like uh, another bullet in their armory when they play Scotland in the World Cup. They just you you got it's it's a psychological warfare where you convince Scotland before they even get in the field that Finn Russell knows that like it's going to be a tough day out and it's kind of going to be yeah they're underdogs but you're just giving a team no glimmer of hope. You're trying to shut that out from them and it starts it's continuous it starts it starts on Saturday for me you know the prep for the World Cup um, in terms of building towards that plus it's not like Ireland have a whole lot of Grand Slams you know you got to look and you got to say let's not look too far ahead and kind of say we have an opportunity to build on historic wins over New Zealand and win a Grand Slam for Ireland in 2023 forget about the World Cup for a minute and just say let's just do that you know blood players at the right time bring Osborne in at the right time in the right game same with a couple of the other lads you know, do it at the right time. Build your squad. You know, you you've got Finley Beelham playing his first game this week, starting his first um, Six Nations game. So it's a great opportunity to do, you know, build on history and win a Grand Slam. See, Grace, this is a no nonsense approach from Billy Holland that the Munster fans grew to love over the years. Let's go and win it all. Why, why are we overthinking <laughs> this? Just go win the Grand Slam. Worry about what it'll mean afterwards. Uh, what's your sense of of what Ireland can achieve over the next six weeks? I, like I understand what you're saying about you know have a have a wee loss and then you kind of have to rebuild. But I, as we said, the way Farrell is, you know, they are constantly building, they are constantly uh, growing. And I think the fact you know when you saw them even against Australia and they were losing, they were having a bad game, and they they really dug in deep and they came back and they got the win. And it it just showed how the different ways that they can play rugby that they can. They can have real off the cuff, you know, they've a bit more freedom now under Farrell and how they play and and they're able to get really good, exciting wins, but they're able to grind back and, and get a win. And, and and I still think, as Billy says, if they get the Grand Slam, it's not going to be easy. They're not going to bring France over here and just walk over them. You know, it, it's still going to be physical. They're still going to have to get their set piece right. They're still going to have to come up hard in defence to make sure that they have those good performances. But I think... The psychological side of it, if they go in as, you know, top team in the world, they've beat New Zealand, they've shown that consistency, they've beaten the World Cup champions, uh, South Africa, and to then win a Grand Slam, beat Scotland, as you say, who's going to be in their group, and go to France for the World Cup going, yeah, we've got this, we've nailed it, we've built strength, we've built depth, we did it with without Tig for long, you know, we did it with... Um, Sexton with you know getting burn in there or getting Crowley in so it is I don't think it's it's an out and out let's just keep the same 22 all six nations I think it's making sure that you give those players opportunity and make sure that we don't rely on those individuals but the fact that we've you know such strength like Jimmy O'Brien missed out but you've James Lowe in like there's just so many combinations and if Henshaw is going to be back by the time the World Cup imagine that depth so I, I think there is no harm in winning the Six Nations. It will give them the psychological um, advantage going into the World Cup and, and they will feel invincible. And not only will they feel invincible, but if something happens, the uncontrollable, like somebody important gets injured, I think they will have that mental strength to go, yeah, that's okay. We've practiced this. We've had enough game time that we can, we can manage without uh, a certain player. All right, Grace. Thank you very much, Billy Holland. Uh, enjoy the weekend. we got a couple of grand slams from both of you. We're all very positive uh, heading into this game. And as I said, we'll be at the Millennium Stadium on Saturday. Full coverage, Gordon Darcy and Ashling O'Reilly there. Uh, enjoy your weekend, guys. Thank you.
Thank you, Nathan. And the Vodafone Six Nations show, they are the main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Six Nations show with you every Thursday throughout the Six Nations. The Six Nations show on OTB Sports Radio. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team, we all belong to the team of us. It's spinning! It's spinning! Can you come on and talk about Ireland's attack shape? It's really exciting. I've never seen a team like Ireland before. We all still think to this day that it's the right call and we're the ones out on the pitch. OTB Sports Radio.